0: In case you missed it, my 12-week ketogenic video training program for women, Happy Keto Body, is now open for registration, but only for a few days. You can get more details at happyketobody.com. If you've been watching what I've been sharing over the last few weeks, you may already realize just how valuable this opportunity is and that it will only be available for a very short time. This is your chance to finally take the guesswork out of the ketogenic diet and end your frustration to master holistic keto, balance your hormones, lose weight, and feel awesome. When you join Happy Keto Body, you'll get access to the entire 12-week program with over 21 hours of totally new online video modules, access to convenient blood work testing and analysis by a doctor, 12 in-depth special guest interviews, downloadable worksheets, recipes, and meal plans to streamline your keto day every day, plus a supportive community of keto sisters to motivate and encourage you along the path to pure keto joy. And you get a bunch of free guides with your membership, including high carb to keto food swaps, how to calculate your macros, traveling with keto, unplanning your keto meals, customizing fat intake for optimal weight loss, learning how to eat intuitively, and so much more. In total, you get access to over $200 in free bonuses. When you discover the perfect keto plan for you using Happy Keto Body, it makes all the difference between struggling, feeling frustrated and falling off the wagon or overcoming your frustrations and imbalances to finally get the healthy, sexy body you want. All details can be found at happyketobody.com and I'm super excited to see you on the inside. Okay, now on to the podcast. You're listening to episode number 74 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today we're chatting about what keto sweeteners won't spike your blood sugar, the best pre-workout mix for ultimate performance, how to figure out what fasting protocol is best for you, and so much more. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Leanne from healthfulpursuit.com and this is the Keto Diet Podcast. Keto is a low-carb, high-fat diet where we're switching from a sugar-burning state to becoming fat-burning machines. Starting keto and maintaining it long-term can be quite a challenge if you don't feel supported. My 60-day program, The Keto Bundle, provides you with clear step-by-step how-to on successfully adapting to a ketogenic diet, avoiding common ketogenic struggles, and healing your body completely and fully with a ketogenic diet. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash bundle and use the coupon code PODCAST, all in caps, no spaces, to get 10% off your order, exclusive for podcast listeners only. And let's hear from one of our awesome partners. I like to take extra precautions to support my gut during cold and flu season. The stress of daily life, work, and traveling can take a toll on anyone's immune system, and none of us have time to get sick, am I right? I like to take a strong probiotic as a way to repopulate my healthy gut bacteria, which leads to a stronger immune system. Wolf Clinic Royal Flora is my choice for soil-based probiotics. Wolf Clinic is offering 20% off their probiotics to US and Canadian listeners of the Keto Diet podcast. Head to healthfulpursuit.com gut and use the coupon code gut all in caps no spaces at checkout to receive 20% off. Unsure of the link? Simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all the details. Now, let's get this party started hey guys happy sunday i recorded this episode back when we were staying in vegas but this intro i am recording really in the middle of nowhere we are about to get to new orleans and i realized that we needed to record this intro so i'm legit sitting under a blanket with my laptop in front of me trying to not create an echo so i apologize if this intro is a little bit weird I'm just making do with what I got, but I promise the actual content of today's podcast is awesome. So now that that is out of the way, the show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash e74 one cool thing i gotta share with you is that i've put together a free 26 page recipe booklet on how to prepare carb up meals you can get it at healthfulpursuit.com slash carb if you're intrigued by carb ups a practice that can help balance hormones bust through weight plateaus and more this free guide will show you which foods are safe for a carb up and how to prepare each item easily get the free guide with over 50 recipes at healthfulpursuit.com slash carb up. Today's guests are Matt and Megha, the co-founders of Keto Connect, a ketogenic food blog and YouTube channel. They share the recipes from their blog in video form on their YouTube channel along with experiments they take on their diet from a 4k calorie 21 day challenge to eating a carnivore style diet. They also share vlogs of their day-to-day lives they share with their cat Miley and dog Julius. They have also recently started a podcast called Keto for Norm where they interview people from all walks of life ranging from doctors to bodybuilders and just about everything in between i actually did a podcast episode with matt and mega over on their podcast keto for normies we chatted all about carb ups and a bunch of other keto goodness and i will link to that episode in the show notes today so without further ado let's cut over to this interview Qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. Hey guys, how's it going?
1: Going great. How are you?
0: So good. Thanks for coming on the show.
2: Of course, we're excited to be here. You have an incredible podcast, so we're honored.
1: Yeah, thanks for oh, having
0: me. Oh jeez, thanks guys. Well, podcaster to podcaster, your guys' podcast is rocking it. So congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, so for listeners that may not be familiar with you guys, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourselves?
1: We are Matt and Mega. I'm Matt.
2: And I'm Mega, and we're ketoconnect.net. That's our food blog. We run a food blog, a YouTube channel, and we also have a podcast, Keto for Normies. We're big into self-experimentation, so that's Mm -hmm. what you'll find on our YouTube channel.
1: Yep, our website is mostly recipes, and our YouTube channel is mostly just self-exploration on the keto diet.
0: Yeah, and you guys are really, really good at the self-exploration and sharing all the things that you've gone through. And we're going to be going through a lot of those things when it comes to sweeteners and how your individual bodies um, respond to things. And what I really like about your guys' work is because there's a man and a woman testing. Sometimes you guys um, experience different things. So it's a really fun thing for people to watch. So thanks for putting that out there.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, we also have two people, which is nice because most times it's just N of one. We at least got two. Feel like we give a little bit more info than the standard self experimentation.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm very sensitive to everything, and Matt can eat like I don't know coal and be fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, same with my husband. It's it's like totally unfair. Um, so, how did you guys find keto?
1: We found it just by, I think both of us were always pretty much looking for like the new diet to try, very into health in a sense that we just wanted to always feel better. And then we were, I was a vegetarian when we met. Mega by proxy was then kind of a vegetarian too. She was a vegetarian for a while in her past life for like six years or something. Yeah. And, um, the, the real like thing that made us start it was that sugar film. It's, I think you can find it on Amazon. It just kind of like opened my eyes to how much sugar is in the healthy foods that we eat. Like, you know, yogurt, orange juice, oatmeal, like that's a pretty typical breakfast and you're getting, I don't know, like 150 grams of carbs or something nuts and like 50 of them are sugar. So It really made me just think like, whoa, I'm getting so much of this one like chemical every single day. What happens if I just take that out? How different will I feel? Because it has to be like drastically impacting my just my energy, like how I feel every day. So we started it together together. And that was kind of like, we were only dating a few months when we first started it.
2: Yeah. And it wasn't something we had known a lot about. I think Matt found it on Reddit. Yeah. And that's a great resource uh, we still use today. And we were just like, yeah, why not? Let's just jump on board. And we just went full keto. We didn't like try to transition. We hit the keto flu, you know, all that good stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I jump right into things like all the
2: time.
0: I'm the same. (laughs) And so how did keto change things for you?
1: Well, it, it changed our lives because now I guess this is what we do for a living, but it didn't start out like that. It started just changing. The the first thing I noticed was just like the energy levels after lunch, because you really get a drop in energy on a standard diet after you eat, like a few hours later. And it's never something, because I've been doing it my entire life. So it was never some, I just, like, I thought that was normal, right? So it was totally different when I started Keto and I didn't have that. And I just realized like, wow, this is actually a possibility. You don't have to feel like you need a nap at 3 p.m. every day. You don't have to get home from work and just only be able to watch Netflix and eat dinner, basically. Uh, so it was just really eye-opening and there's a lot of other things that go along with it too But that's the main one that that keeps me sticking to it
2: Yeah, and then and then for me similarly the energy was a great benefit in the focus But the sticking point for me was seeing the change in my menstrual cycle and how you know, um, I had less bloating I was less crampy and irritated and my blood flow actually decreased Which is not always a good thing, but for me, you know, I had a really intense one um, It was it was a big change change and it was a good change so I still felt like really regulated and balanced hormonally but just less of the negative side effects so that for me was like enough to continue this diet energy aside
0: Mm, yeah that's awesome and I'd, I'd love to hone in on the experiments that you guys do and first off um coming up with the experiments
1: we don't honestly put a ton of thought into I mean we put a lot of thought into them but the actual like planning process is Maybe not what you would think. It's basically just like we'll be watching a TV show and I'll be like, let's do this. And then tomorrow we start doing it. Which is not a good way to go about it. You should plan things out and stuff. But-
2: we always talk about wanting to be storyboard people and yeah. like really just hone in on what this vlog is going to be about so it's like the best it could be. But we just kind of go with the flow. And a lot of what we come up with in terms of experiments reflects on what we actually want to see. Yeah. So I was interested, in, and we did a sweetener experiment, I was really interested to see how xylitol in particular impacted me. So we know Maltzol is the bad guy. We know stevia and erythritol are fine. But where does Xylitol lie? Because a lot of people use that day to day. And it was really interesting to see our results.
1: Yeah, I think that's a thing we've learned through doing our YouTube channel for so long is you'll have um, like, you'll know kind of what people want to see. And then you start making videos, like based on what you think people want, and not as much out of just self interest. And like, what do you really care about? What do you want to learn? And those are always the best videos when you're really like scratching your own itch.
0: Totally. That makes sense. And so you teased a little bit, but I'd love to know which sweetener did you find out was not so good that you thought, oh my gosh, this is the best keto sweetener, but not so much. And which one surprised you? I'd love to go through what the results of that experiment was.
1: Yeah, I think this is probably the video people like the most of ours. We basically um, woke up every morning for maybe about, I think we did 10 sweeteners yeah, and we tested our blood glucose. Uh, when we woke up, and then we ate a sweetener, and it was just the sweetener. It wasn't like mixed with anything mixed with coffee. And then 30 minutes later, we tested our glucose and ketones, and we got some pretty surprising results. And obviously, this is just how it affects keto, not necessarily how it affects your health. So we tested like aspartame, sucralose, Certain ones that you know are maybe not the best for your health, but we wanted to see how they impact your blood glucose, and those didn't impact them at all. The the real interesting ones are allulose and xylitol, because you know allulose is in a lot of the new Quest bars, um, a lot of new low-carb products, and if you go online and look at the research, basically it's all funded by Quest Corporation, so you can't really trust that they have a, a stake in the game. But it was actually interesting to find out allulose didn't affect us much at all. And the surprising one that a lot of of low-carb cooking uses is xylitol. It actually does affect your blood glucose pretty severely. It's about like 30% of an effect as sugar would have. And we know like we look at the glycemic index of everything. I think xylitol is like 11 or 12. Yeah. So we're expecting it to be a little bit less than it was. And it's definitely something that makes me weary of using it in the future
2: yeah i definitely it's something i plan not to use ever again and so what was interesting about it though is did taste the most like sugar and sugar is just as delicious as we remember i remember eating it and i was (laughs) like wow they really nailed it with this like sugar is is perfect um so xylitol definitely tastes the most like sugar and is something that we recommend staying away from uh and then maltitol obviously is 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 notoriously known for just being very bad digestively and on your blood glucose. And it's in a lot of uh, protein bars and a lot of candies. So people are taking it in without even knowing.
1: So everyone knows maltitol is kind of bad, but you can – Without actually having the hard data, you can convince yourself like, oh, maybe it's not as bad as they say. Maybe it's like, you know, 25%. Because it tastes so good. Yeah, but it's like literally, I think it was 80% as bad as sugar, the, the spike in glucose. So definitely that's something to stay away from.
2: Yeah.
0: Wasn't there a sweetener where, Mega, you had it and it really affected your digestion?
1: Yeah, there was a couple of them.
2: Yeah, so allulose and erythritol Mm -hmm. really impacted me. Like, uh, I you know, bathroom all day. It was really bad. Um, A lot of discomfort. And then surprisingly, maltitol didn't have that bad of an impact digestively on us. Um, Just a lot of gassiness, but no, like, diarrhea, no intense things like that.
1: Yeah, keep in mind for the test, though, we were doing very high doses. Like, I think it was 40 grams of of erythritol yeah so, on an
2: empty stomach
1: yeah so that's something that would be in like three or four keto low carb desserts
2: which a lot of people you know you see these days are eating that many at a time so maybe just be weary of that or like stay close to the toilet yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> you kind of decide do you want that treat do you want to spend time all day <laughs> That's awesome. And you know, going going further into other experiments you have you've done, were there certain experiments where you both had very different results based on the fact that perhaps it's male versus female? Have you kind of pulled that two together?
1: Yeah, there there we always have a little bit of differences. I think the one that was highlighted the most is when we did the carb ups. And that's maybe not male to female, but just person to person, how well you tolerate carbs. And we, we definitely had vastly different results and we did like pretty high carb ups. We did, I did 500 grams and mega did what? Like 300. 300, Yeah. So pretty extreme carb ups, but, uh, yeah, I bounced back like it was. It was pretty easy. I didn't get any kind of like hangover type symptoms. The only thing is, you just feel really mentally scattered, like you can't get a lot of work done. But um, Mega had a totally different.
2: Response. Yeah. Um. So I responded well to eating the carbs because for me, I can do better on a little more carbs. I think than Matt can in terms of productivity. But it was satisfying a mental like thing in my mind. Like I wanted the carbs. I needed it. It had been so long. But then the hang. Like I. I felt like I had. Gone gone to the bar and drank all the drinks there and then woke up the next day and like blacked everything out. I was in severe pain. I <laughs> napped. I was like fatigued. It was really bad. So I know that as much as I want them, they're not optimal for my health. So I don't plan on ever doing carbs like that again.
1: Yeah. It's actually funny. The more of these experiments we do, I think the more we realize we just like doing like a pretty normal keto diet that's, you know, like more on the low carb side than a normal keto diet, but just not doing all this crazy stuff. Just keep it simple.
2: And then I think another difference was with the carnivore diet. So Matt and I have come to the conclusion that, you know, we love the less carbs, the better. But for me, when I was doing a carnivore diet and I was eating at my maintenance, even a little higher than my maintenance, I was feeling weak. I was feeling fatigued. And we did a five-day just pure carnivore diet, and I wasn't feeling that great. And I was like, this isn't for me. Like, it doesn't work well. But what I noticed is that when I'm doing a really low-carb diet carnivore-style I just have to eat a lot more calories, so I should just eat until I'm full and not worry about tracking, and then I can feel optimal, I can feel less fatigue. so I'm eating at a good bit of a surplus when I'm eating just like zero-carb, carnivore-style, but Matt does great you know, right? at maintenance.
1: yeah, Yeah. that's, that's a revelation we've made lately. It's just like, maybe trying out a super low carb diet, if it's something you've never tried out before, could be beneficial. Because I think everyone just has these like minor intolerances to certain vegetables and stuff that they are not aware of. And if you take it all out, and then add it back in slowly, you can pick up on those.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a really, really good tip. And something I've done quite a few times to try to determine which vegetables are best for my body. But yeah, I think it, it really, I'm the same way as Mega. If, if I am doing that, I need to eat more. Otherwise I'm a hot mess. So that's cool that you experienced that as well. And with the carb ups, I'd like to just circle back really quickly. So you guys did quite a lot of carbs during the carb up test. Did you ever try like just a little bit of carbs or was it sort of like balls to the wall versus none at all? Hey, that rhymed. <laughs>
1: uh yeah it was we have not tried the lower carb up thing uh, maybe that's something we'll try in the future but we were following uh, a proto like a keto gains protocol for carb ups and yeah it, it was definitely on the extreme side i guess one thing we've done that maybe falls into the category of not as extreme is a targeted keto diet which is pre-workout carbs and this is one that i kind of like uh, it's basically, you just take 10 to 15 grams of dextrose pre-workout, assuming you're doing like a pretty high intensity workout. And if you're feeling like your workouts are suffering a little bit and you, you burn through that pretty quickly and it doesn't go to your liver at all. Cause it's, uh, it's dextrose. So that's one route we've tried and maybe we would go back to that. But I know you talk a lot about like the, the lesser carb carb ups, like maybe 50 to 100 grams of carbs from like sweet potatoes and stuff.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: yeah.
2: yeah, you mentioned like doing them at night so you kind of sleep through yeah. them. That. That's a really good route we haven't tried and probably would try in the future.
0: It's, um, have you ever tried the dextrose, um, mixed with like caffeine before? Like yeah. It?
1: Yeah. That's what we like to do. Like a dextrose, basically a bulletproof coffee, but not quite as high on the fat, but with a little bit of dextrose in it.
0: Yeah, oh, when I was lifting that was like my magic juice. <laughs> like that was like the key to my success. So that's really cool that you guys have been playing around with that as well. Okay, regarding keto success, and you guys have chatted a little bit about, you know, you test your ketones and you test your blood sugar before, where do you mark, you know, a successful experiment when it comes to your ketones? Like where do you like to sit with your ketones? Do you test your blood? I'd love to get into that for people that maybe aren't sure what you're talking about.
1: Okay. I would say that testing really not all that necessary. It is nice though, to, if you're really trying to hone in on some certain things, but what I like to see is, and you know, I I haven't honestly done like a whole ton of research on this, but I think I have a pretty good, just by testing on my own body, um, like what some good indicators are of how I'm feeling relation to keto level, ketone levels. And basically first thing when you wake up I like to test my ketones. This is like rolling out of bed, not really doing much at all, not doing much walking around. Basically, just first thing you do, test ketones. And if I see that number at like 1.0 or above, I'm pretty happy because that's going to be the lowest reading of the day. And I also think it's the most true reading to like your endogenous ketone production. It's not really um, producing ketones based on the food you're eating. And then I know, like, if I'm at 1.0 when I wake up in the morning, or even a little lower, like 0.5 or above when you wake up in the morning, you're going to be at a high ketone level throughout the day. Because, you know, I start out with a Bulletproof coffee, and then I have, like, eggs and bacon and things like that. And af- if you test, like, an hour or two after those foods, your your ketones are super high. They're going to be, like, 3.0 or something. And basically, if you have... Like, I know a lot of people will will preach like the 1.5 to 3.0 range, but if you're testing in the morning, I don't think it's that realistic to hit those all that regularly. Um, And they rise throughout the day. So I think if you're 1.0 or above, First thing in the morning, you're in good shape.
2: And then I know Matt and I slightly differ in this regard because if you're talking just to me, I'm going to say, especially from a woman's point of view, is that I tend to get caught up with the tracking on like the meters and on the scale, and it really disrupts like my mental day to day, just everything for me. So I try to detach myself as much as possible. So if I see a, if I decide to do a kitchen reading or weigh myself that morning for example i'm going to see the number and i'm going to be like okay and i'm not going to let it impact me so i don't honestly I don't care where i lie on the ketone meter because for me feeling good and then looking good is all I care about. So I don't think it's necessary, especially for individuals. And you know yourself best. If you are someone who's weighed down by seeing the scale rise or drop in the morning, then just put the scale away, at least for a Mm -hmm. while and really try to find like a good balance for yourself without tracking before you start tracking again. Mm -hmm. And that's just that's been a huge benefit for me. And I'm going to continue that into 2018. I, I get so mentally bogged down by bad bad numbers in my mind that I'm just giving the label of bad, you know?
0: Yeah, that self sabotage too. And just not being in that zone and then making poor choices because you're not feeling good. It's this slippery slope. I totally feel you on that one. More on my interview with Matt and Megha after this message from one of our podcast partners. I love being Canadian, the home of the true north, strong and free. But gosh, am I jealous that y'all in the U.S. get access to Thrive Market. For all of my pals south of the border, my friends at Thrive Market are offering you $20 off your first three boxes of groceries, plus free shipping and a 30 day free trial. That's a total of $60 in savings, equivalent of over three tubs of collagen or over four free pounds of cacao butter, or get this, a half year's supply of free digestive enzymes, all for switching to Thrive Market for your online grocery needs. So on top of their everyday wholesale prices, the extra $60 off your first three orders plus free shipping, you're going to transform a regular $100 grocery run into an $80 Thrive Market order for three months in a row for the same amount of things. Go to thrivemarket.com slash keto to get your instant $60 off free shipping and a free 30 day membership. This offer is available to new Thrive Market customers only and if you're unsure of the link simply check out the show notes for today's episode to get all the details. Okay, fasting. Have you guys done any experiments with fasting? And and how did that go?
1: We have done a lot of experiments with fasting. This is something that we experiment with a lot. And just I think now we're, we're really coming into what we we have like a really good opinion on it now. So we've done long fast, we've done like a four day fast is the longest one we've done. We've also done just like some 36 hour fast. Those are good and really beneficial the 4 day fast you really start learning a lot about yourself it's it's a huge like self exploration type of thing because the thing you pick up on is just your eating habits and your relationship with food and how you eat out of boredom it's amazing how how da- much downtime you have when you're not eating for 4 days you're just like i'm normally eating now what am i supposed to do we just like lay around and watch tv because we weren't eating. So what else is there to do? And you also pick up on the hunger signaling your body gives you and how it's lying to you a lot of the time. Like at the times that you eat every day, your body's just expecting food. And if you don't eat at that time, you can try this one day. Like say you normally eat at noon. If you don't eat, come like one thirty, two p.m., your body is going to feel like you had just eaten your normal meal because of the leptin and ghrelin uh, hormone signals. Even if you don't eat, they, they go in and out in waves like that. Like Your body is just expecting food at certain times. It's it's very interesting. And then we also have done a lot of intermittent fasting,
2: Yeah, we've done different uh, eating windows. We've done eight hours, we've done six, we've done four. Four is really too small for me where I'm just binging and like overeating because I'm so starving come window time. So we've done a ton of different fasting and we've just come to a place where we feel so comfortable and we're always recommending this. We eat as soon as we wake up in the morning, um, at least within an hour eating window. And that kind of gets us ahead of the hunger. You're less so thinking about what you're going to have for your first meal or watching the clock, waiting for your eating window to start. And you're just like, I've eaten already. Now I can be productive. Mm -hmm. And it allows you to be more intuitive with your eating throughout the day. So we've put a lot of less rules around eating while we're eating and just kind of feeling out our bodies. And that's just led to the most production on our end in terms of just everything throughout the day.
1: Yeah. And when we're doing that, then we cut off our eating a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. We try to stop eating by like 6 p.m. We usually go to bed about 10, 30 or 11.
2: Yeah, because we're, we're at least giving our bodies three hours of digestion period. So if the food's already digested pre-sleep, then the digestion isn't occurring during your sleep and you're not being disruptive, Disrupted, which, disruptive, which mm-hmm. you may not realize is happening, but it does if you're eating right until you go to sleep.
1: I know a lot of people doing keto, they do the the noon starts their eating window. We did that for a long time. And if you're feeling like, you know, you get to the point where you're uncontrollably hungry come noon, I think you should just try eating. Getting a little bit ahead of the hunger is like a huge tip. And I think that is beneficial to most people. So like... If you're not hungry right when you wake up maybe 10 a.m and then cut off your cut off your eating a little bit earlier before bed that's been the big the most beneficial change we've made in like the last six months or so yeah I can agree
0: that's really cool I don't know if I've ever spoken to anyone that's made that switch so that's cool I'm um, my husband
1: we actually talked to Tristan from Primal Edge Health and he's like a big proponent of this we had him on our podcast and ever since then we've been doing it and it's been working great
0: yeah that's really cool. Kevin, he does the same thing. He wakes up every morning and has breakfast. I can't do it. Like I just couldn't. I've never been a breakfast person. And when I found keto, it was like, what do you mean? I don't have to have <laughs> breakfast. This is great. <laughs> like, yeah. And so me, for me, it's quite a natural thing of just, you know, getting a bunch of work done, not eating, but that's really cool. I always thought my, my husband was a little bit weird. Like, what do you mean you want breakfast? That's so strange. So cool. He had some breakfast buddies yeah. out there. <laughs> um okay let's chat a little about a little bit about calories and we we touched on it a little bit um previously especially when you guys were trying the carnivore diet but um i think you guys did a 4000 calorie experiment can you tell me a little bit about that and how it went
1: Yep, me and Mega both did 4K. No, we,
2: we got actually one of the last days, we got a comment and it was, it looks like Mega's doing the 4K challenge too. And that's just by far the funniest thing someone said.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me and YouTube comments. But uh, yeah, so we recently did 4,000 calories. I'm the only one who did this. 4,000 yeah. calories for 21 days in a row. Keto macros, I think the final macro ratio was like 85% fat. 14% protein, 1% carbs, because when you're so high calories, it kind of skews it um, a lot, because if you're doing like 5% carbs, that ends up being almost like 100 grams of carbs, so you wouldn't really be in ketosis. But um, I actually, this this experiment really enlightened me to the keto community is very divided on this topic, and they're really dug in on either side, do calories matter or not? And my opinion going in is kind of similar to my opinion coming out is that calories do matter as far as weight loss goes a lot. But that doesn't mean that the best way to lose weight is to restrict calories. It means, you know, eating high fat, low carb, and then calories kind of just correct themselves. But it was interesting to, we during the course of the experiment, we did a lot of research on why, different people gain weight at different rates and even lose weight at different rates. And it kind of goes, you know, there's some people that can eat whatever they want and they never gain weight. And a lot of that just depends on, it was cool learning this, um, how you deal with excess calories is highly variable from person to person. Like when I, I'm like in pretty good shape. I've been an athlete all my life. If I just start taking in 4000 calories, my body figures out what to do with a lot of them for for a period of time. So like, you'll just be fidgeting more, uh, you'll just be more active overall. And that all adds up to not really increasing your calories by as much as you actually think. So over the course of the 21 days, I gained 7.2 pounds. But you know, someone who has a lot of metabolic damage and um, you know, has just been overweight in the past. If they start doing 4,000 calories, they'd probably have much different results, gain more weight. But it was definitely an interesting experiment.
2: Yeah, and then what I found most interesting was that. 21 days isn't really long enough of a period Mm -hmm. to showcase how much someone's going to gain or lose depending on their caloric intake. So a lot of research we did was 100 plus feeding days at a surplus or a deficit. And then that's kind of where you see the line start to trend up or trend down depending on what you're eating. So 21 days, I mean, he gained seven pounds, but he was easily able to drop that. So I think that speaks to the fact that he wasn't putting on a ton of fat in my opinion throughout the 21 days so I think if this was done again a longer period for a different a couple different types of people I mean the bigger the sample size the better yeah. right so for me I know if I did 21 days of, of even 3k calories, I would put on a substantial amount more weight, more weight, because I have a different dieting history. I already have a lot of more body fat percentage on my body, so it, it just it's highly differential between persons.
1: And then the question that comes up a lot it basically is: Is there a metabolic advantage to a keto diet? Meaning, can you eat more calories and not gain as much weight on keto? And uh, this is like it, it's hard to really say. I'm curious what your opinion on it is. My opinion on it is not really over an extended period of time. There might be just because you're doing some some metabolic repair when you're doing keto, some hormonal repair. But um, as far as like eating more and not gaining as much weight, I don't know that that necessarily happens. But I'm curious to hear your opinion.
0: Yeah, I think originally when I started eating keto, I guess that's four years ago now, I massively restricted what I was eating to like 1200 1300 calories a day. And then I got into a lot of issues with just not eating enough plus combining keto and fasting, and it was a hot mess. So now I mean, I'm very much it sounds like mega in that way of, you know, I just eat until I'm full. But if there are a couple of days, especially when I was trying to heal my body, um, when I really wanted to get my period back, I was forcing myself, not forcing myself, but almost giving myself permission to eat as much as I wanted and there were days where I easily hit 4,000 calories and I didn't gain a pound and that went on for nine months and I was eating like copious amounts of food and that's how I got my period back and I didn't gain weight through that experiment. I think I think it was around four pounds that I gained over nine months eating as much as I wanted and there were days where I would go way past 4,000 calories but now that my body's in more of a healed state, I find that it's actually hard for me to eat that much. Like I couldn't even imagine pushing over Mm -hmm. 2,500. Maybe there's a day that I do that, but then the following day I just won't eat all day. So I've seen that a lot of calories can also be really beneficial if your body's healing and by not giving yourself enough calories, it can be detrimental. And I've seen that a lot in my clinical practice when I was taking on clients and looking at their things is like, if they need body healing specifically hormones for women and those things they can usually get away with eating more calories and not gaining weight or gaining weight in a way very much like your experiment matt where you know you ate those four thousand calories and then you were able to lose that weight quite effortlessly some women need to gain weight in order to lose the weight quicker if that makes sense of okay let's heal your hormones your hormones are in a good place so when you're eating less it's So easy to lose weight, it just comes off really fast. So I think it depends also on, on the space they are at very much like you Matt. it sounds like it's pretty easy for you to lose weight, whereas mega with your dietary um, past and things like that, you know, putting on that 4000 calorie a day for 21 days would have been a hot mess. (laughs) It really depends on where you're coming from, too, I think.
2: That's that's extremely fascinating and a great message overall, because a lot of it is also like mental healing a lot of people women in particular reach out and they're just they're scared to eat more fat or more anything because they're scared to gain weight and the the scale really dictates you know what they do day to day and who they are as people and it's it's i feel i feel terrible like it's so sad to see and and i'm i'm a part of that like i've been victim to that kind of thinking and so trying to push away from it right now is a big part of what i'm trying to do but um it's great to hear that you know maybe eating more can also help restore you physically and mentally
1: yeah i think i mean when you're in a severe calorie deficit which a lot of people have been for long times so that's yeah. a, that's a stressor you just want to reduce life stressors to improve your your healing
0: Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. And you're right, it can be a really, really tough nut to crack. Because I remember kind of being keto and going down this path and losing weight easily ish, but my hormones weren't getting any better. And it really took that paradigm shift of like, wait a minute. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen, you gain some weight, you can lose the weight, you have this keto thing, you know that it works. So you know, let's play around with that. And I think that that's really what's really cool about your guys's channel is you kind of have a baseline that works really well for you. And kind of add on different things to see what works. And you don't know until you try, right? You could find something really, really awesome that totally changes the game for you, but you really have to, you know, put your health in your own hands. So it's cool that you guys do that.
1: Thank you. Yeah.
0: And, um, okay. So with all the experiments that you've done, um, you know, we touched on this previously of you kind of fall back into what you were doing before with keto and kind of keeping it pretty, I would, would say plain, but, what is, what does your keto look like right now? And, and how do you determine whether or not keto's feeling good for you? Do you go off how you feel? We chatted about numbers, kind of what's your ideal space that you like to stay in?
1: Yeah, I think a huge tip would be going solely based on how you feel and not based on other things because the other things come along with feeling good. Like if you feel real good, you're going to, you're going to lose weight. You're going to get your body back to healthy weight, healthy function, but our keto, doing this for two years now, a lot of self-experimenting, we've definitely taken some things from a lot of the experiments we've done and added them to our current diet. And just where we're at now, some, some takeaways, maybe some action items for people that are trying to troubleshoot their own diet is um, lower carbs is better. So for a long time, we were doing like 20 net carbs, maybe 50 total carbs a day. And I think when you're doing that, you're maybe like teetering on the brink a little bit too much to where there's there's some decent glucose in your system. Your body's not fully committed to ketones. So lower, like we're doing on average like 15 total carbs a day. Sometimes we've, we've gone periods maybe a month or so with doing like five total, just super low, almost no vegetables basically. That's one addition, just lower carbs. The eating window we mentioned earlier is big for us. Eating when we get up and cutting it off a little bit sooner before bed. Overall, I think you know just lessening the amount of rules you have on your diet is another big one. Everyone wants to get to a point where they can eat intuitively. And I think a lot of these rules we put around our diet just gets in the way of that. Eating windows being a big one, just like like a lot of things. Like when we go out to eat dinner – um, not stressing so much over what's in every, every little thing we order, just kind of relaxing, not obsessing over being in ketosis 24 hours a day. Like, it's okay. It's okay if you're not in it for a few hours every once in a while.
2: That's, that's um, very true. And then mentally speaking, yeah, like Matt said, not stressing, but not feeling bad about overeating certain days or you know intaking a lot so we do a lot of whole foods and we find that makes us feel the best and if it's easier to track if you're tracking and it also just you don't have to track because you're eating whole nutritious foods you're getting the nutrients your body needs and so if i'm eating an extra chicken thigh or an extra cup of broccoli if we if we have vegetables that day then i'm not feeling bad i'm just eating until i'm full and i'm not feeling bad if i overeat on like whole nutrition nutritious foods
0: i love it totally those are some like four good solid lessons even to avoid failure more on my interview with matt and mega after this message from one of our podcast partners Whether I'm on the go or at home in the RV, a good keto snack goes far beyond whether or not it fits my macros. I love snacking on foods that I know do right by my body. And that's why I love Paleo Valley grass-fed beef sticks. Each keto-friendly stick contains 1 billion probiotic CFUs to keep my gut healthy and happy, plus support my immune system. They come in a variety of awesome flavors. My personal favorite is summer sausage. Paleo Valley is offering 20% off their fermented beef stick snacks to listeners of the keto diet podcast. Just head on over to paleovalley.com slash keto to get your instant 20% off. Unsure of the link? Simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all the details. When you were first starting out, was there a lesson around electrolytes that you guys had to um, kind of hone in on? Or are you guys pretty not so sensitive to electrolytes overall?
1: Oh, there's been many a lessons about electrolytes. (laughs) (laughs) I think almost everyone has to experience this and you kind of have to experience it for yourself because I remember before starting keto, I was fully aware of like everyone saying electrolytes are crucial, but you know, I thought I was different. Uh, So yeah, you, you need electrolytes, um, particularly when you're starting, like to get, that's the whole thing with the keto flu and just feeling low energy. Uh, I, I would say, in my experience, the electrolyte supplementation kind of is reduced over time. Your body starts figuring things out more and more. But um, a, magnesium su- a magnesium supplement is good to have daily, I think. And then just adding salt to your foods, extra salt to your foods. And, you know, eating some potassium-rich foods every once in a while is pretty much what we do now. But you may want to be a little bit more proactive about that if you're just starting
2: yeah, a lot of the potassium-rich foods are spinach and avocado, for example. And since we're not actually doing a ton of vegetables right now, we like to supplement potassium so you can get it in bulk. It tastes very bad, so keep that in mind. But I like to use Zipfizz. It has a 1,000 milligrams of potassium, and I take it intra-workout. So if you're working out, this is the perfect uh, supplement for you. It also has a lot of caffeine, so that's a great boost right there. Mm -hmm. Perhaps
0: trying to intuitive eat and getting into that. We have electrolytes, not sweating the small stuff, playing with your food timing, allulose, and maybe that being the best uh, course of action as opposed to xylitol. So all really, really good things based on all the tests that you just did.
1: I think that is a good summary of pretty much everything. I don't think you left anything out.
0: Sweet. And my last question for you guys is, you're working on a book. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Absolutely. We're actually in the editing phase, which I'm sure you know, is just, oh. uh, yeah, that's the perfect sound to make. <laughs> but uh, it's it's just a cookbook. So um, we, we decided to stay away from like telling you exactly what a keto diet is and how to do it successfully. It's mostly just Tons of different recipes that we think will help you stay on the keto diet while enjoying what you're eating and still keeping your carbs low. So we have like takeout faves, we have desserts, we have breakfast, we have everything you could possibly think of, and we're really excited about it.
1: When does it come out?
2: It comes out in the middle mid May, but we haven't like done a. We're gonna do a pre launch and everything. We haven't really hammered that down. We're still working out the. You know details. I'm sure you understand, but it's, it's, I think, so I went to law school. So it was a very, the task to take on of writing a hookbook wasn't that difficult. I've written 35 page papers. I've sat for days and days on end and just written on my laptop, but Matt had never done that before. So he was struggling. So I've actually been taking on all the editing, which is not really fun, but it's kind of how we work as a team. And luckily there's two of us. And I know you have Kevin. So you have the help as well. It's just so nice having that partner who understands, but you also balance each other out.
0: Yeah, so true. And where can people find you if they want to learn more from you? We chatted about your YouTube podcast. Let's go through where they can find you. I'll also include links to all the things you are about to share in the show notes.
1: Yeah, pretty much Keto Connect everywhere. You can check out our website, ketoconnect.net. That has all the recipes. And a cool new thing we're doing actually is on Instagram every morning at 9 a.m. We do Instagram live for nine minutes just to like answer questions and you know help people out if possible. So you can follow us on Instagram and YouTube, that's where all the experimentation and just more fun stuff is at. So check us out there. And then we got the podcast, Keto for Normies. You can just search that anywhere iTunes, Google Play, all those places.
0: Amazing! Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, guys.
1: Thanks so much for having us. Thank
0: you.